Greetings, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Communication Guru Podcast, where we believe it is not always what you say, but how you say it that matters. I'm your host, Tim McMurtry, president and founder of Tim McMurtry International, a business consultancy specializing in personal development, government and public affairs, along with corporate and community relations. I'm delighted to have you join us on this episode, and I thank you for your listenership and viewership of this show. As you know, our aim on this platform is to discuss the nuances and insights relative to the communication continuum and to help you to become a top notch communicator in all that you do, be it your relationships, uh, business, workplace, play, all of your respective spheres of influence. We're here to help you communicate in the most effective way so that you are able to get the results that you are looking for. So be sure to like, share and subscribe to the Communication Guru podcast so that you can be notified whenever new episodes are uploaded and available for public consumption. Now, the aftermath of the disruption in the aftermath, I should say, caused by the disruption of COVID-19 has fundamentally altered norms of old relative to the workplace interpersonal relationships and how individuals evaluate and assess who and what is essential to them. Essentially, whatever was going on prior to COVID, all bets are off now and people have had to readjust to what life is like. We've all had to do an assessment of our lives, take some self-reflection and really just, you know, figure out what is really important to me. And in the workplace, that has become pretty essential. You know, for companies, this shows up in the dichotomy of near record low unemployment rates hovering around 3.5 percent across the nation, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, juxtaposed with virtually every business sector simultaneously actively in pursuit of hiring more talent. So we have a very, very low unemployment rate, which means that people are working based on those statistics. But at the same time, you have companies that are really, really clamoring for employees. It's kind of a weird kind of space that we're in, an unfamiliar uh, sort of territory. So for those companies fortunate enough to be able to attract talent, to recruit talent to their place of business, it is perhaps now more important than ever that those companies step their retention game up. It's not enough just to recruit people to your company. Now you have to also retain them. And so you have to put mechanisms in place that will make people want to not just come to your place of business, but how do you get them to stay and to thrive while they are there, which requires strategic and purposeful communicative tactics. How you communicate to your employees is going to be now more important than ever in, again, not only recruiting them to your place of business, but also retaining them because folks want to be a place where they feel welcomed and appreciated. And there are specific tactics that companies can do to engage employees to let them know and feel that they are indeed valued and welcomed. And so we're going to talk about those things today. Now, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but these are five things that uh, have come across in various uh, conversations that I've had recently 
uh, over the last, I'll say, year and a half or two, uh, the trainings that I've conducted with uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, with the different entities, as well as just conversations and research, you know, that I've done relative to this space of how do you communicate with staff in such a way that makes them want to stick around. And so we'll go through five effective communication tactics for employee retention, five effective communication tactics for employee retention. Number one, when you are recruiting a individual, and this goes also for people that are already there, but for the sake of this conversation, talking about bringing somebody on You want to roll out the red carpet when they're there. Once you get them in the commitment, you've had the interview, you offered them the position, they accepted it. You ought to go into red carpet mode right after that. Now, you don't necessarily literally have to have out a red carpet. You can if you want. That would be a nice touch as well. That really is demonstrative in you letting folks know, hey, we really, really dig you and thank you for coming. We can't wait to work with you. But you can also do that by when they come, wherever their workstation is set up, you let's say have a, a, a fruit basket, you have a card that's signed by the manager or the supervisor, their direct report. You have the manager or the direct report there to meet them when they come that first day. And you have other employees come and you know, shake their hand and all those kind of things. Now, sometimes, you know, a company will walk a person around to meet the different people and the different departments and things like that. But if you have this set up in the station or office that they're going to be working in, that's an additional personal touch. There's an organization, uh, Yum Brands. Uh, They own, you know, a number of uh, national chains, including but not limited to KFC, uh, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell, you know, and some others. You know, Yum Brands is the corporate, you know, umbrella of, of all those Uh, sub brands or other franchises, I should say. And they are well known for what they do as far as welcoming employees. Uh, There's a guy uh, by the name of uh, Justin Patton. He's an award-winning author of the book, Bold New You. I was at a conference recently, uh, the Lead the Movement conference put on by Forever Media. Shout out to Forever Media. Shout out to uh, Justin Patton. And he was one of the keynote speakers there. And he talked about, you know, this piece about welcoming employees when they first come to your place of business. He worked at Young Brands and he was talking about when he first came there, how they had a bouquet or a basket, a welcoming basket for him that first day. And it was filled with different products, tacos, you know, chicken, you know, instead of being just fruit and vegetables, it was the products of the different franchises that are under the Yum Brands umbrella. And he was talking about how it really made him feel welcome. And the person, I think it was his direct report, brought him on, was like, you know, we really are excited to have you here. You know, your talent and skill sets, you know, we think will be excellent, you know, for our team. We're really excited, you know, to work with you. Thank you really for coming. And he said right out the gate, he felt accepted. He felt excited to work there. And he felt like he was a part of the team immediately. And so that one gesture, just giving him this gift basket upon his arrival was the company demonstrating going the extra mile 
to welcome a new talent to, to, to the team. So that's one thing you can do. When you bring on new employees, do something extraordinary to welcome them because it goes a long way. I remember this guy, he was a preacher, and he was giving a sermon about the impact of doing things in an excellent way. And the example he gave was, he said, hey, the difference between extra and extraordinary is not that much. So you can do a little bit and you can go from being extra to extraordinary. So he asked the people in the crowd during his sermon to take out a sheet of paper. And he said, write down the word extra. And then he told them to write down now extraordinary. And he said, now, what is the difference between or no, he said, write down ordinary and then write down extraordinary, write down the word ordinary and then write down the word extraordinary. And then he asked, you know, kind of a rhetorical question. Hey, what is the difference between ordinary and extraordinary? The answer was a little extra. So you can have ordinary, put extra in front of it. Now it goes from being merely ordinary to extraordinary. So what companies can do is do a little extra for those incoming employees and they will have an extraordinary experience as opposed to ordinary. The next item that companies can implement communication wise to retain valuable employees is to build trust. So once you got them in there, you know, now you're going to build trust. Those that are incumbent employees, those that have already been there, not a new employee, but they're there, you want to build trust. That author, Justin Patton, he states that trust is the antidote to every toxic workplace and relationship. Trust cannot be undervalued and it cannot be overemphasized the impact that trust has in the workplace and relationships. Check this out. Trust opens the door and greases the pathways to what Harvard Business School professor Dr. Amy Edmondson defines as psychological safety. Psychological safety, which is a belief that I will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. So if in a workplace, we're having meetings, people are saying, well, hey, what are some things that we can do better? Da, 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 da. If you speak up, you should be able to be in a safe psychological space to where you won't be ostracized, ridiculed, humiliated, or slammed for giving your input or lending your voice to whatever the situation is. In a similar fashion, as you are going about doing your daily work, wanting to do the best that you can do, if you make some mistakes, you shouldn't be slammed. You can be corrected. But be corrected in a way does not make you, that does not make you feel small after you have been corrected. That's what psychological safety is, a place where I can feel comfortable enough to express myself without fear of humiliation as a result of me expressing myself, particularly when there has been rhetoric about there's open door policy, uh, we're all the family, we're all the community. Well, if that is the case, I should be able to share those kinds of things without any concern or fear of humiliation. So in a work culture, you have to enforce that. If that is what the culture is going to be, 
If that is what the vibe is going to be, that has to be maintained and supported. Another thing that has to be maintained and supported that also builds trust is that if there are some things that, you know, the organization considers as crossing the line, if someone does that in a habitual kind of manner, that individual must be dealt with so that the rest of the organization can know that, hey, we have guidelines, we have standards, and those will be enforced. And that can help keep people on their best behavior and it can help build and maintain trust. Now, when there are some folks that are always, you know, crossing the line, egregious, and it appears as if nothing is happening to them in terms of a consequence to that, then, you know, it erodes the trust of the rest of the team. There's a guy by the name of Sam Chand, who is a leadership consultant as well as president emeritus of Beulah Heights University, he was giving a presentation and he talked about an example where he was working with an organization on their leadership. And what he encourages companies to do is, you know, do a survey, you know, of your people, particularly your leadership staff. He was talking to the executive leadership of this particular organization that he was conducting this exercise with. And he said, the reason why you want to do surveys is that you will get a lot of feedback that can give you the insight into what goes on, quote unquote, boots on the ground with the company. And he said that because the people that work in the trenches, they know what the issues are. They know what needs to be improved. They know who the problem folks are. They know who the team players are. And given these anonymous surveys gives them an opportunity to voice those concerns that entail, if you will, without fear of any sort of, you know, retribution or anything like that. So what, uh, what they do, what he did in this instance, he asked them like three or four questions. What is the biggest challenge you guys face? What would be the best solution? Something, something, something else. And the other question was, who, if there is an individual, is the most problematic from stopping these things from being implemented? Or who is the biggest problem child in this organization? And he said that of all of the people who took the survey, and it was something about maybe like 25 people, everybody that gave an answer, all of them answered the same person except that person that they named. He named somebody else. So all 25 of them knew who the problem was, but he was still with the organization or had not, had not been addressed in those problems that he was causing the organization and everybody knew it. So when you have a person or you have standards, Hey, we do this, 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 we don't want anybody to do that, that, and that. And you have folks that are doing the, that, that, and that, and that we do not support or that goes against what our ethics and our standards and our culture is and stands for. You have to address that. Or the people will say, well, hey, nothing's going to happen. You know, it erodes trust. So you want to welcome folks in, open arms. You also want to be able to build trust by providing psychological safety and enforcement of whatever your ethics and cultural norms and standards are. I only got a few more left and we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Number three, you want to reward good employees with great compensation. According to Pew Research, 63% of employees who quit their jobs in 
2021 who recently quit their jobs, they cited low pay as the top reason. And that's for both blue and white collar employment sectors alike. Wage stagnation has led to just a 32 percent rise in wages since 1990. 32 percent since 1990, wages have only increased 32 percent. While the cost of since 1990, while the cost of goods has gone up, i.e. inflation, 117 percent. So the cost of stuff has gone up since 1990, 117 percent. Wages paid to employees have only gone up correlatively 32 percent. Now, small businesses, startups, solopreneurs, etc., might not be able to give a big fat wage because they're just building a business. They might not have the revenues for that, but there could be other ways, other ways of compensation that they can bring satisfaction to their employees to show them that they are valuable. Maybe there are some extra incentives, uh, some some time off, uh, some freedom, the ability to work from home, you know, those kinds of things celebrate and communicate to the employee that you are valuable to us. You're valuable to this organization and we value how you feel and what you bring to the table. That is another indicator that you show in a communicative way the employee that they are valuable to you and that can aid in the retention. Just a few more and I'll be done. Another uh, good thing to do that can help with retention is, you know, have what they call stay interviews. Now, stay interviews are similar to exit interviews. When a person leaves an organization, people would give them an exit interview, ask a series of questions as to what could be done better, uh, what drove them to leave, other evaluations and analysis, just different questions that they ask the person upon their departure. The stay interview, you know, kind of posits that why wait till somebody leaves? You know, do the stay interview to also ask a number of questions. What can be done better? How do you feel? How's your experience been? And from those answers, you can extract good intel and insights into what things are being done correct in the organization, as well as what things can stand some improvement. I mean, you know, let's say one of the questions is, hey, what are some of the challenges that you find in this work environment? Well, I think that XYZ is toxic. I think that there's some things that need to be done about penalizing people or giving them warnings when they cross the line that does not happen. There's a lot of lip service that's given into if you cross this line, you won't get any love. And if you demonstrate, you know, excellent um, work, you will be compensated or you will be rewarded handsomely in some shape, form or fashion. And when either of those happens, that follow up does not happen. You can get that information from the staycation. Another question related to that can be, well, after you've seen those kinds of things, those inconsistencies, those inconsistencies, those areas where we could do things better, what has caused you to stay despite, you know, this place not necessarily being perfect? And the person can say, well, hey, what I really like is X, Y, Z. That can be additional intel that the company can use to do more of, uh, to double down on or to improve. So you get that from the people that are currently working, not just during an exit interview when the person has already made the decision to leave the organization. So the last one is internal communication. You know, I guess it's apropos that we end with internal communication. Again, the five is a quick review. Number one, roll out the red carpet for new employees, go the extra mile to make them feel welcomed, special and valued. Number two, build trust 
amongst the employees, new and incumbent, or those that have been with you for a while. Uh, number three, reward good employees with great compensation. And however, you know, your company can stand to do it. If you're a larger corporation, you give more money, more benefits. If you're a smaller corporation or a startup, maybe other ways, uh, time flexibility, remote work, etc. And then finally, oh, fourth, we have state interviews, not just exit interviews. And then finally, number five, we have internal communication. First up is a business strategy company that helps companies align and do transformation in uh, their organizations. They conducted research of 23,000 people recently and found that 33% of those that were surveyed as part of this research project felt unrecognized, let alone heard by their company. So it's important that your internal communication is deliberate, strategic, and consistent. And that can take on many different forms. One, going around acknowledging the staff. You know, I mean, small talk has value. You know, if a person, come, person comes in on, uh, on a Monday, you come, hey, how was your weekend? What's been going on? You got big plans for your week? You got any major projects you're working on? You know, how's the family doing? I mean, those kinds of things go a long way. And you don't have to be phony or fake about it. You can be real, real genuine. This is a person that you work with eight hours a day. You know, you're spending a third of your life at work. Eight hours a day, you're at work. Eight hours you sleep. And then eight hours you have, you know, whatever your other time is. But we're all bound to the same 24 hours in the day. And whether you have a business that you're working in or you're, you're nine to five, chances are you're doing something, you know, kind of productive in a work economic development type of fashion for a significant part of your day. And so being able to communicate with people is very, very important on a human to human level. Okay. Another way you can do this is always go over the top when people accomplish something. If a person meets a goal, a project is successfully accomplished, Give that person some props. Hey, let's give a round of applause to, you know, Tim, you know, him and his team. They were able to get us X amount of, you know, followers or X amount of revenues or X amount of, you know, exposure, whatever the unit of measurement is. If they've done a great job, acknowledge that and do it in front of other people. You don't have to just send a private email to that individual. A great job. Uh, -uh. Send it and CC the whole team. So that they are being elevated and amplified in the eyes of others. What that does is establishes and grows their personal self-esteem. And it also helps to elevate their stature in the eyes of their colleagues. Now, what that does is that can help incentivize the rest of the team to want to do well, to want to do their best. They probably already come to the table wanting to perform well. Nobody, I don't think, comes wanting to do a sucky job. So they already have a desire to perform well. And when they see that when they do perform well, they get recognized and acknowledged. That goes a long way and that's very, very invaluable. And what that does when a person feels valued in their place of work, it helps them to want to stay. It fosters a sense of belonging. And that's really what people are looking for particularly in this day and age post, you know, pandemic where a lot of things you couldn't, you have to stay at home. You couldn't go out to any place except the grocery store. 
Might have had a loved one who had to be hospitalized for some reason or another. You couldn't go to the room with them to see them. You know, so there's been a lot of separation over these last few years with this whole pandemic. So anything you can do to foster a prolonging togetherness, a community, a I see you, a sense that, hey, you are essential can go a long way toward retention. So as I close, another quick wrap up for this, the five Effective communication tactics for employee retention. Number one, roll out the red carpet. Welcome new employees to the mix. Do something extraordinary for them, a fruit basket or uh, some sort of red carpet type thing. Something that is over the top that lets them know that you are appreciative of them deciding to come and work with your organization. Number two, build trust. You want to build trust, and a good way to do that is to provide psychological safety for your employees. And again, Harvard Business School professor uh, Dr. Amy Edmondson defines psychological safety as a belief that I will not be punished or or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. That trust piece is is, is serious. And as award-winning author, uh, of bold new you, Justin Patton stated that trust is the antidote to every toxic workplace and relationship. Number three, reward good employees with great compensation or other compensatory items that they deem important and valuable to them personally. Number four, stay interviews, conduct stay interviews and not just excellent interviews. So you can get a sense of what the here and now present day real time assessment of your organizational culture is based on the current talent pool and staff that you have in the mix with you. And then finally, internal communication, recognize your employees, give props to them when they accomplish things, be congratulatory and, 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 and recognize them and do it in front of people to amplify the impact and the audience. And that will in turn help their self-esteem in working there. They also feel more valued and it will send a signal to the rest of the employees at the organization that, hey, when you do good work, we show love here. Well, my friends, that concludes our show today. I thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember to like, share, and subscribe to the Communication Guru podcast so you will be notified wherever new episodes are available for consumption. Also be on the lookout for the Morning Temperation vlog, which is an encouraging word to the audience. Folks, it comes to put wind behind your sails because all of us need from time to time a boy or a girl to give us some encouragement just to kind of keep on going. That's what Morning Temperations are, encouraging words to help you continue to go on, as well as some insights into how you can do what you do better. They can be found on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And then finally, if you have a communication issue that you might need assistance with, uh, be it personal, organizational, relational, or business, uh, and would like a free 15 to 30-minute consultation uh, with me to kind of identify what the challenge is and see if we can maybe do some things to assist your efforts at bringing remedy to said situation, feel free to uh, hit me up via LinkedIn. You can DM me at Tim McMurtry, M-C-M-U-R-T-R-Y. You can also find me on Facebook at Tim McMurtry, M-C-M-U-R-T-R-Y. Or you can also find me on Instagram, the gram at Mr. Timspiration, at 
Mr. Tim Spiration. And we can go ahead and rock and roll. Also, my website is under some uh, reconstruction for a little rebrand thing. So that'll be back up in the mix as well. In the meantime, those places that I just delineated, feel free to drop me a line. Let me know how I may be of assistance to you, myself and my organization. So that's all I have for now, my friends. Thanks again for joining. I appreciate your listenership and your viewership. Until next time, blessing and increase to you. Bye. Oh.